Lightning Strikes Thrice as part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, please check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy 13 series game club podcast. This is episode four, covering the first half of episode three of Final Fantasy 13 2. And I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is Matt Marcus. Graham Marcuson. I'm Autumn. <sighs> Welcome back. Last time we did the Brush of Ruins and forgot to talk about some stuff that we're going to talk about today. And I think that's all that happened is we got to the Brush of Ruins and we defeated Atlas. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that pretty is, much. Yeah, that is correct. Right. Yeah, use the machine. Yep. So we went into the Historia Crux and we headed to Yashas Massif at 10 AF. time i hear af i just fill in as fuck and i can't not do I, it i had to, i've deleted that like a million times from like my personal notes already every time i'm like i'm gonna say make the as fuck joke and i'm like no we'll see if it gets no. old Turns out, the season. Every, every other person we've had on fletcher <laughs> ethan everyone else has everyone else has made the as fuck joke when will Ooh. it be my turn whatever you want chris and then i will cut it out i will cut it out <laughs> No, fuck you. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to say, cut this out, which is a way to guarantee it stays in. Ah, uh, you got me. Got him. Damn. This advanced uh, podcast tech. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Yachas Massif. Uh, when you get there, it is engulfed in darkness. Uh, the sun is being blocked by a foul sea, and uh, there are people uh, standing around that you could talk to. There's a researcher there who tells you the year, which is, as we said, 10 AF. And man, I gotta say, this guy has a real goofy look to him. Like he's got this like tiny little like glow in the dark tie that like looks like it's meant for a child. It's just it's very very strange. My favorite part about this guy is he says there's no need to panic about the sun being missing. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the guys, they're really chill about it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all taking their fashion advice from Hope. Yeah, I, I realized later that everybody has these like silly little little outfits, and it's very very strange. But um, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. it's not a good look. And again, I'm blaming Hope. Yeah, yeah, it's all. What else could it be? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you make your way through this uh, dark valley, and there are spotlights everywhere. And they tell you that you want to stay within the spotlights because then you won't get into fights. But when you're wandering around, you will eventually trigger a fight, and it's usually with a behemoth. 
and these guys will wreck your shit. So the whole point is you're trying to avoid fighting them, at least at this stage, if you can. And I don't like this mechanic at all. Yeah, it's... I definitely beat a behemoth and caught one on the first try, and turns out they're pretty good. Yeah, you suck. It's really satisfying, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yeah, that, that'd, yeah that'd, that'd be a good game. Yeah, I ran into one, and I was like, oh, okay, this I can't fight this thing, so I won't. Well, I am living the charmed life of having accidentally, for the first two chapters of the game, made the perfect decisions for character progression. Mm-hmm. So Right, but you're also getting, like, ridiculous RNG luck, because I came back later and fought these behemoths thinking, oh, I'll, I'll catch one, I'll just fight, like, a few of them, and, like, 20 it's fights like later... Yeah, it's like 20 fights later, I still don't have anything, and, like, All right. it's just got boring. Do you know the capture hot tip of if you kill an enemy with, like, a uh, feral link ability, you are, like, three times more likely to catch it? I thought that, I That's didn't know if 3%. it was, I didn't know if you were, yeah. like, uh, if you had to kill with it. I thought if you used it in the fight, but if it... No, okay. you have to kill him with it. Oh, that's so even worse. So, even if they're Ugh. super low... Like, right before you're about to kill them, just do the ability, and as long as they die while the ability is happening, so, like, the uh, the Zorg Scandroid, very good for this, because his ability takes a long time, you right, can right, you right. don't have to be super precise about it, gotcha. as long as it was happening while they died. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try that again, maybe, if I have the time, but yeah, so... This whole uh, mechanic, like what what would happen with me with the spotlights is I would have a fight trigger right before a spotlight and then you're standing in the spotlight. The behemoth doesn't go away. It just stands there. And so like then you try to run away from it and you can't get out of the circle before you end up in a fight that you can't escape from, which basically means you die, you get a game over and then you restart. It doesn't really set you back very far. But like I didn't know how to. When you're in the light, the like. Mog timer doesn't go down. It, no. It, it, like, fills back up and then eventually goes away. Right, but if the guy doesn't go away, you're not escaping from him. Once you start running away from him, well, then the Mog timer starts again and you're fucked. <laughs> well, when the circle fills back up, you then attack him yeah, and the retry option is still available because the retry option is only not available. So you can just leave the fight immediately. It's only not available when you're in the red. Right. Which I is mean, where it's how it starts when you're outside of the circle. Right, but it doesn't. it doesn't say, like hey, it'll stop the mod clock so you can then engage and then run away. Like, because that's, that's really fiddly. Like, it should just be, you get into the yeah, light and I, then it just disappears. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't find myself uh, having to do that. I, I I don't remember exactly how it worked for me, but I, I like, after the first time, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll, I'll just fight this guy, and then it didn't go well for me. Maybe I, I like, accidentally got re- locked up into a fight with one once because mm-hmm. I, like, bumped into it, but right. usually... Like, just waiting in the lights uh, for it to go away worked for me. Well, like right. me, I was trying really hard to get those treasures in the distance, so I got mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. stuck in a lot of fights. Yeah, that, that are the load time here. still really long when you get a game over? Uh, it's not that bad. I can't remember, but I think if it was very long, I would have remembered. Okay. It, I know that was a complaint with it, last time. It's definitely not, like, super short, but it's not... Like, as long okay. as re- loading up the level again, because that takes a long time. Okay, yeah, because it's basically instant if you get a game over for uh, on PC when you have the when I'm playing. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I definitely tried to run around and grab the items. And but anyway, you get through this area, you run into Chocolina, which, by the way, I haven't had a chance to talk about Chocolina. I don't think. <laughs> and well, give me your hot take about Chocolina. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, I don't I don't like it. I don't it just. Yeah, the sexy bird lady. Get Ugh. excited for thirteen three bat. Ugh. You know, see the thing is, 
part uh, you know, I have this one quote when you first run into her that Sarah says, I'm a little uh, scared and confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I, like I actually, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually noted that too uh, when I thought that I was doing chapter two. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the, the delivery on that line is really good. It's just probably like it stuck with me because it's one of the better comic deliveries in the game, I think. Yeah, no, it's it's overwhelmed and confused. That's what it was. And it's like, that's my exact feeling about this woman who also talks in like a very theater teacher voice that I find really irritating. But anyway, so you run into her, you run through some other areas, and I think there you can run into other fights besides the behemoths once you get past this main area. But uh, yeah, there's like, I think is this, do, do the, the like incubuses bird. and stuff show up now or do they show up later? Yeah, they show up here. It's the... Uh... The floating flower guys from uh, 13. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Vespids or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that kind of thing. So after this little stretch, uh, you head towards the Paja Ruins, and then you get into a boss fight with Aloidai. It's basically Gagamog with some extra tricks like Ruinga debuffs mm-hmm. and a barrier, but I say that when I struggled on this one. I should have backed out and upgraded, but I kept with a fight. It was tough. And if I didn't make use of Sentinels, then I would be taking large amounts of damage. I won on the first try, but it took so long. I had a hard time with all of the boss fights in this stretch, and uh, there's probably a couple of reasons for that. Up until like the end of Chapter 3, I wasn't really upgrading my monsters, because I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I'll get better monsters later, and I don't want to use the upgrade materials now. But once I kind of figured out how that system worked, I realized, like, oh, no, I should just be upgrading these guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you take the ATB segments when you were leveling up, which Matt did not? Mm-mm. I took at least one of them uh, at this point. There, it's the most OP thing you could do is take them first, because it turns out that getting more ATB makes your ATB recharge faster also. Yeah, so each each it. each tick takes fewer seconds to, like, like about yeah. half a second each uh, upgrade to go through. So, like, you're not just getting the ability to queue up more actions, but each action happens faster. Well, you know, like... Honestly, though, the, the biggest thing is probably that I decided early on that I was going to like try to build Sarah for physical and Null for magic because I just wanted to be contrarian. Oh, the, the, the exact opposite decision. Mm. Does that, is that possible? Uh, kind of, like, I mean, you can, you can like uh, fill out Sarah's commando first and fill yeah, out they'll Nola's round, magic. they'll round out eventually. Yeah. But the stats between them like lean the opposite way, so you probably wind up being underpowered in every respect that way for the early game. Yeah. Yep. By the end of the section, I was like getting all of the like I maxed out Sarah's commando tree to the extent that I got all of the abilities. So I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time to work on something else. Yeah, this fight was uh, really hard for me because I still had only three ATB gauges at this time. And I felt like oh my God. I was only able to manage it because I upgraded my weapons at the you know Chocolina shop right beforehand. Because you can get like some pretty significant jump in your damage by doing that. And that made it yeah. like possible to get through this fight. But I mean, my biggest problem was I only had I hadn't unlocked medic for anybody like I had done uh, like Ravenger bonus and like commando bonus for for my upgrade bonuses. And I had the option to do medic and I didn't do it because I was like, oh, I'll lean on Kate Sith. And the the Kate Sith just does not heal a party very quickly. And this guy can damage you with a lot of big AOEs. Very, you know. Yeah, this fight is very hard. I didn't have medic either at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and you also have a they they also uh, debuff you. He gives you like 
I want to say like D-Protect or D-Shell or something, and then hits you with a big attack. So like you want to get rid of that. And I had a, you know, I had a synergist. Uh, Noel was a synergist. So that helped being able to get rid of some of that stuff. But it still was a very rough fight. He has cool lore. Oh, does he? The data log says that he is the mortal enemy of Gog Magog, and he is the one that cursed Gog Magog to time walking in exchange for being banished. <laughs> so I do, do they like fight like uh, arm wrestling? Because that's all I seem <laughs> to be able to do. <laughs> they remind yeah, me probably. a lot of uh, anima in FF10. Yeah, yeah they look very, they're very anima looking. Yep. Anima's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of this uh, fight, somebody shows up. Yeah, after the battle, Sarah and Noel get sucked into a black hole from whence Elodai came. But Hope arrives and uses his boomerang to Sager Elodai, and the suctioning stops. It's pretty hype. Oh, dude. It's pretty like, badass. Like, my, yeah, hype. Yeah, my yeah. face, like, my jaw definitely dropped. I'm like, holy shit, adult Hope? <laughs> I went to see Avengers in the theater after work the other day, and, like, you know, I bet if you had a crowd, like, they would be... They would just be clapping and cheering for hope, mm-hmm. like uh, like do every time somebody steps out of the shadows in that movie. Like, right? God, I like how he's like, uh, like okay, we're gonna find this out in a couple minutes. But he's like the leader of an academy, but his weapon of choice is still a boomerang. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, like his design is a little like his face doesn't look like it aged a whole lot, and he just looked like they just got put on a stretcher and like stretched out his limbs, which is kind of weird. So he's a little lanky. Like the way he moves is kind of strange, and his tone is like super serious in this first scene too. Very, very flat affect. Does that change later? Because like, yeah, you s- yeah. okay, no. you see him later, and does he like change his demeanor at all? Not no. really. That's, I just think- I don't know. Like I, I guess that's him just growing up. Is that he becomes more stern and serious in a way that's like assertive, not aggressive. If you think he's flat now, wait till fucking thirteen three, dude. Well, everyone's Holy fucking, shit. Everyone's flat in that game. Well, he's also, like, plot flat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also, like, uh, Alyssa shows up, and he totally gives her the cold shoulder. He is not interested. <laughs> yeah, she's all up in his shit, and he's like, excuse me. Uh-huh. Oh, and I this is, I guess, the first chance I get to talk about Alyssa, too. Uh, yeah, what's with the booty shorts? Alyssa, too. Much better than the original. Hmm. I, I like her haircut, but uh, those those shorts are a little uh, yeah. snug. Mm. It's probably hot outside, you know? Like, it's a temperate place. Uh, well, but, actually, not really, because the but sun's there's no gone. sun. <laughs> there's no sun. Uh, yeah. Also, that's the opposite of what you want. That's like fucking Chape City, mate. <laughs> uh, just lots of gold bond. I don't get that character. That's That's... She's... Isn't she plot important? She she becomes plot important in a weird way. Yeah, something happens later on. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I like that. Even that's no, it's weird. Yeah, like her her personality is like she's like bubbly yet she's a little coquettish, but like yeah, like like coquettish, but like kind of snippy. Like like there's a weird edge to her where she seems kind of mean almost. And not in an interesting way. The way she is, she's acting the way she does because she knows she gets something out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah. comes off where being bubbly is a front. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really funny because, like, your first intro to her, she, like, winks at you and it looks kind of flirty. And then it's, it, which is kind of odd. But 
That it's like, you'll go into this monster-infested ruin, or I'll put you back in jail. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, she definitely which... turns She definitely turns on a dime, and it's, uh, I mean, I, I think that, like, she was humanized well at the end of uh, Brescia 5AF, but, you know. But was she, she the one who had the, the breakdown in front of the tombstone? I yep, don't that was remember. her. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That was her. Okay, yeah, that, that, that that's a weird beat, too, but well, that, that's for that episode. Ah, anyway, so... Hope is back. Yep. have hope again hope is back he introduces himself it's been a long time since sarah's seen him well i I guess for both of them right because sarah hasn't seen him you know for a few years in her timeline but then it's been 10 years in his right or it's been like 10 additional years it's kind of hard to tell at this stage for sarah it's been like five minutes well, what was well, the last that's time? No, what I'm we... saying, like, I, I get the impression that she hadn't seen him in a little bit, even before she started hopping time. Right, because he was he was still on Cocoon. He stayed on Cocoon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's a leader at the Research Academy, and he focuses on building tech to fill the hole the Falci left when they vanished. Uh, he's always working on solving time paradoxes, which I guess the Falci would have done. Mm-hmm. He, he recognizes Noel because uh, he was in a uh, 05AF, and he, he read the tapes. He, he talked to Alyssa, I guess. You read all the pamphlets and watched the tapes. <laughs> it's very clear that the devs want to redeem Hope to his haters of his portrayal in Final Fantasy Thirteen. You know, they've done a good job. Why? Is, whatever. People, a lot of people hate Hope. From, from I don't understand. One. Me neither. He's like the high point of that game. Yeah, it definitely seems like... Because like, there, there like, there, there's a character arc to Hope in Thirteen that like is a character arc. Uh, and I talked about it when I was on that episode, like it's one of the better executed character arcs in the game, really, because it is the one that has the most like clear grounding and follow through. Right. In this game, and you know, I haven't seen like, you know, I'm sure he does more later, but like this, like as the culmination of his development, just seems like, yeah, no, he just grew up and became responsible and that's about it. He's old and responsible now. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like the anchor to the main plot because, you know, we have our protagonist jumping from time back and forth, but it seems like he tends to be the guy that centers the plot and directs you forward towards whatever it is that you're going to go. Because I I think, like, this game is definitely structurally ungrounded in a way that 13 wasn't because it's so nonlinear. And so, like, I think he basically is going to be the anchor of the main plot going forward and yeah that means that he doesn't really as far as i've seen i i mean i'm not terribly much farther than this area but you know it doesn't seem like they're interested in him as a character anymore other than hey look what hope became yeah it does seem like like i said like like he's just kind of there yeah yeah you get 
most of Hope's development in this game comes through his works rather than like him as a character. Yeah. I mean, and and like some of the, the live trigger stuff you'll see with him, like, I mean, for, he, he dumps a whole lot of info if you want to talk to him a lot. Like he'll mm-hmm. he'll tell you about all the other characters, like what, what happened to Saz, yeah. what happened to um, not Fang of Vinyl. Oh, there was somebody else. Like you, you could ask him a bunch yeah. of questions and he will fill in yeah, backstory you, for you. Which you you nice. can kind of talk to him about like where everybody wound up and he basically says, you know, oh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen anybody. Uh, you know, I, I lost touch. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, Saz left uh, with Dodge. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's a nice, it's a nice callback. I, I thought that, that I thought this was handled pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. When we finish talking to Hope, we get an explanation about the ruins. Right, uh, the data log just says uh, originally home to a tribe called the Farseers. Padra was a nation ruled by Padra Nsuyul. Uh, as both its seeresses and priestesses, with Etro as Padra's patron deity, while the rest of Grand Pulse is worshipped by Pulse? But no, they worship Pulse. Okay. Okay. That was confusing. <laughs> the people who live on the planet worship the planet. Got it. Yeah. Well, no, no, the goddess Pulse. Yeah, Pulse is a goddess. What? Pulse is the goddess. Pulse is goddess. Pulse, remember? Fuck, I forgot. <laughs> oh my god. Um and what it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit more confusing too, because the leader of Padra was a girl named Yule, and is always a girl named Yule. It's a girl who's gifted with clairvoyance, and basically she gets reincarnated. Is this the point where we hear that she gets reincarnated in different forms, or is that like way far? Uh, I think I think this we like hear that there's always a girl named Yule, and it's not until later that they kind of explicitly lay out that it's mm-hmm. always like the same face, the same per like. Yeah, you know, Caius tells us that coming yeah. up in a werba. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it's not like the reincarnation thing isn't as explicit, but we know that there's always a Yule. There's always a Yule. There's always a lighthouse. Yes. There's always that joke. And this is also where, like, as we're learning about this, we like get clear that Noel knows something about this, and he's not saying it. And just as Hope is about to kind of press him on it, and like, you know, we're gonna get a bit of exposition back around to. Like Alyssa being vaguely frustrating as a character, she just cuts in. And she's like, "Oh, I want to show them. I want to show them." It, it's a very strange move. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that strange actually, because like cutting off exposition that would be useful uh, for no good reason is kind of a genre staple. But mm-hmm. it does make me just kind of like, oh, "Why are you so excited to show them this?" Look, if we didn't cut off the good dialogue, where would we put all the bad dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah, right. right there. Yeah. Yeah, if this person tells us about the plot, how will we slightly reword the same thing three times to make sure you got it? Right. And and about that plot? Yeah, tell me about the plot. <laughs> I mean, basically, you saw the uh, destruction of her village. She foresaw it. And uh, when she told her people there was strife and basically the entire society fell apart because of it. And uh, there's been a diaspora of people from Padra since. And that's pretty much the big backstory that we get at this stage. Until we hit something called the Oracle Drive. Yes. Okay, okay, so Alyssa wants to show Sarah Noel the Oracle Drive. When Noel sees the drive, he recognizes it, but it reassures the others that he's seen them in books and stuff, to quote him. Books and stuff? (laughs) He's very good at lying. Mm -hmm. He's a skillful, he's a master of deceit, that boy. That's a fucking Pokemon tier, just (laughs) hand-waving. Okay, you know what? 
that that came off as very mysterious. There's an episode of Pokemon where they need Brock to not be in it, and Brock says, I have to go. I have stuff to take care of, and then leaves. <laughs> right, and he said like he was like masturbating furiously in the bathroom for the whole episode. Yeah, just <laughs> not no explanation, just I got stuff. <laughs> and, and to be fair, in this case, Noel saying he learned it in books and stuff is like it is explicitly a bad lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where are the books? We saw your home. It's like a desolate <laughs> wasteland. Okay, yep. if they can have swords, they can have books. Wait, no, man, yeah. it's barely a sword. It's like a sword with a bunch of bullshit stapled to it, so you can never hit anyone with the sword part. You see, they had to melt down all their books to make the sword. <laughs> there might be books. There might be some tomes that are like lingering around in the post-apocalypse. That's possible. It's possible. some good books. Like drawings. Tomes. Tomes is the word that you use to turn books into plot magic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, Hope tells them that the Oracle drives are some kind of recording device, but they usually depict things that cannot be possible. Quote unquote. He fires up this Oracle drive he's got, and it shows them the fall of Cocoon and Ragnarok. Uh, lightning's in the recording, but the device is several centuries old. It shouldn't be able to show this. He then shows them another recording, which is of lightning in Valhalla. Uh, the image quality is poor, and Hope believes it's because of the space-time that they currently exist in. That it's degraded because of a paradox, and not because it's hundreds of years old. They rewound it too many times. Oh my god, I have this line, like, you'll have to excuse the image quality, and I laughed real hard about that. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, it's only, I only have this in 240p, I'm sorry, guys. How can they show things that cannot be possible? (laughs) Why is that your line about a society of ladies who only see into the future and then record it to VHS tapes? (laughs) Uh, And they're really milking that intro scene again, yeah, so you you get to see it. Oh yeah, they're reusing that like it's, uh, like, uh, Uh I don't know. They spent a lot of money on it. If you start up this game and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, you know, they're, they're showing me the intro. So, like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna watch this, like, credits roll when you boot up the game. Don't do that. They'll just show it to you again. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's like, oh, I can't even skip it this time because now there's dialogue in it. Hope gives Sarah and Noel an artifact to use on a portal. Do they just give you a random, like, yeah, they just hand artifact it to you. or a specific no, it's artifact? it's a specific artifact. Yeah, the time gate the player needs to find is uh, back out in the darkness. Sarah's narration is really obnoxious, and an overuse of pseudo-poetic narration has become a screen staple in recent years. You get like this, like they can't write. Well, that and like you, you get a lot of that in Final Fantasy Type Zero. It's really I mean, obnoxious. You, I mean, you got a lot of it in a uh, thirteen. That, yeah, I was gonna say thirteen two as in thirteen as well, but then I realized that would be confusing. Oh, and all of Lightning's, like, bad pseudo-Nietzsche poetry? <laughs> Fuck it. Yes. It's out of control bad. It yeah. clears up by 15, I think. I don't remember that game so well that I remember if it had narration or not, but I think it clears up. That was a different director anyway. I mean, like, I they overuse this, and it's definitely, like, super cheesy, or I don't know what to call it, but... At the very least, you're getting some thoughts about that Sarah has that isn't like directly plot related because there just isn't really a whole lot of time to. I mean, you get some of characterization and what she's thinking as things are going along, but lightning coming in and basically spouting general, you know, old sagey wisdom just doesn't. I wrote some of it down and deleted it from (laughs) deleted it, but I should have just kept it and read it verbatim because it's real cringe. Yeah, it's real bad. 
point is, I don't need Sarah ending every chapter with, Dear Lightning, today I fell down. It hurt like ouch. Sometimes I wonder, do you fall down? Are you falling down now? That's basically what it is, yeah. actually. It's, it's, like a, it's like a note in her diary. <laughs> I wonder if Noel likes me, heart. <laughs> you taught her how to do that? No, probably. Mm. She is... Fuck it, God. okay yeah whatever fucking i'm so bad about final fantasy 13 now thanks (laughs) (laughs) all right just as the So after we go through the time gate, Sarah and Noel arrive in Awareba 200 AF, and they see it has been consumed by a black void caused by a paradox. What could cause it? Mog unveils a uh, chaotic rift, and Sarah and Noel do some puzzles, and a bit of the void clears, and a piece of Awareba is uncovered. I hate this puzzle. Yeah, this is it's a really dumb puzzle. It fucking sucks. All it's these not puzzles a puzzle, suck. and the movement in this game is not precise enough to like do. Yeah, the there's a, like, mm-hmm. like it's not like it's it's a no brainer enough of a puzzle that it doesn't matter that the movement isn't good enough, but like it feels really clunky and bad. But it, the Weirba looks dope. Yeah, that's true. Weirba looks pretty dope. Two hundred AF. Mm-hmm. But I was about to say, <laughs> like, um, you know, like you, you're right. You get a lot of uh, sway and. What's the word I'm looking for? Momentum. There's a lot of momentum on the camera. Yeah, yeah. momentum and velocity with just how, just running around. You have that velocity, and it's so annoying. And only towards the end of these puzzles do you get like anything resembling challenge, because then you have like those uh, squares that start disappearing on the floor. So you actually have to like think about how you're going to move around the floor as these right. these like dots disappear and reappear. We didn't actually describe what the puzzle is. It's, it's literally just like it's a connect the dots thing. Like there's these like colored crystals, and you just have to wait till until you like see two crystals who are the same color, and then you. Oh no! I think that's later on. I think the first one you're you're just trying to trying to walk to the end, and you can only step on a tile yeah. once. These like, are like puzzles oh, as though they okay. were puzzles that you would find on a Denny's menu. Yeah. Okay. I think or or the uh, mm-hmm. or during uh, one of the later dungeons in Persona Five, they they pull a similar trick. Yeah, okay, yeah, the, the, the one where you're just, like, walking across the tiles wasn't too bad, because, like... I triggered I mean, Chris. it's fundamentally, it's not that different from, like, fucking the... It, it actually, for whatever reason, it reminded me of, like, the sliding ice puzzles in Pokemon games, which I've played enough Pokemon games to just, like, be okay with. Yeah, these are bad. The, the, the later puzzles with the, like, connecting the dots, those are just... Lame. I mean, it's literally, it was, you know, what we said in the uh, the intro uh, to this season... 
that they there were no mini games, so they decided let's put in mini games, and then these mini games were terrible and just wasted your time. Thanks, guys. What if it was fishing? <laughs> uh, that wouldn't make anything better. If it was fishing, then it would be a real RPG. Cast mm-hmm. a line out into the void, pull up a wild artifact. Mm-hmm. No, instead you just cast a mog. Yeah, fuck. Break into a few cold ones. Yeah. What are you no, talking about, um, Matt? So take, no. No, explain your dumb cold ones joke. Yeah, I dare you. No. Do they do they even drink beer? I mean, like they have cocktails. You know what? We've established you know there what? are cocktails. In, Cut in this, this out, Matt. How about that? <laughs> no. I mean, yes. Shit. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a dare. You can't back down. Uh, so you get a chance to explore Oerba. This is the same area that was in the last game it's got a different look to it and you got to find it's being eaten by the void yes it's being eaten by the void and you have to find little nodes to where you can do another one of these paradox puzzles in order to unveil it and i got real mad here guys because for fuck's sake there's one specific spot at the very end that there are two places where you can dead end and only one of them will allow you to continue on. And I walked to that end like three times and Mog did not signal that that was a place to go. And I am real fucking salty about it. I wasted a lot of time in here. Yeah, that's like I, I kind of like this area, just like a change of pace. Uh, something about just sort of like, you know, like not, not having NPCs or anything to talk to, like just kind of wandering around this empty area. Like it was kind of neat for a little bit, but mm-hmm. the encounter rate is like. It's high. Too high. Like, like, it's like every few steps you can, and like, you can just walk past them and not fight them, which is fine. Right. But I, I always like have a hard time doing that. You give me a monster to fight. I assume you want me to fight it. And if I don't fight it, I'm going to be underleveled. So oh, if I'm going to be running around here and like getting lost and stuff, I'll, I'll skip battles. Like, I don't, I don't really care so much about that. Uh, yeah, this area, mm-hmm. I got pretty stuck for a while and you know, the the fights here they're okay. You get those hand guys again. Oh, and also you see a, a little robots, the little Bakhti robots floating around, but you can't interact with them, which I'm a little disappointed about. There's can't multiple of them. Yeah, there's like. Is three. there an explanation? Like, is there just like multiple kinds of those Bakhti robots? Multiple. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're just kind of there. Um, but yeah, so I think you you also do you fight. Like vampire style guys here, you you fight some bugs. There there are a bunch of the there's a little the bug guys. You fight bats, but there's also these bug guys that uh, will buff themselves if you let them hang around too long. And I was still only three ATB, so I was like not getting five stars on a lot of these fights, and it was kind of frustrating, even though they weren't super challenging fights. True. Yeah, the, I actually the the gas fights here are, are were pretty tough for me. Again, maybe because I was just being really suboptimal, but. Like anytime you had like three guests in a in a group, it, it took me a few goes to like figure out how to handle that. You do get a lot of CP here, though. Can you capture a Seath? No, you Can can't you capture ever Seath. capture a Seath type enemy. I don't think they let you capture anything that like used to have a human soul. Now that yeah, I think no, about it, no, which no. is the only reason I would want it. Of well, <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> Of course you would, Chris. <laughs> I just, I just, I realized that when we were playing for, when I was in four hundred. I'm like, I don't have any Seath enemy. I'm like, I want this thing with a human soul. I want to watch him turn from a person into a monster and then capture him forever. Being a parent is not enough, Chris. Not enough. What? 
<laughs> Speaking of those bugs, I got my first saboteur here, the Chelicerata. It only takes like 12 levels before it has the shell deprotect and imperil, which was a really good buffer with, uh, who is it, Sarah, who pretty much had all those skills at this point. So, like, have you been using that? Because, you know, when I'm building my paradigm packs or paradigm decks, whatever, I tend to have like one Ravenger, I have one Commando, and I usually have either a medic or a uh, or a sentinel like I don't really feel like I have a lot of room to be putting in saboteurs and other things just as for a monster because you, yeah, you do I don't I just yep. I tend to because like you you want Cerberus and then you want something you know you want a Ravenger, but then sentinels are just have been too valuable or like you need some healing especially early in this game when you don't have a medic and so like I just never find myself using synergists and saboteurs as monsters so yeah. try it because don't forget that saboteurs also act as commandos. Uh, that's to a lesser extent, right? Good, good point. Yeah, uh, good I point. mean, for me, uh, my thing is that if I change any of the rules that I have equipped in my paradigm pack, I have to remake all of my paradigms, and who has time for that? Oh, you don't have to do them all in this game. You only have to do the ones where that monster was in there. Yeah, they actually—it's much better this time around. It's much smarter. Okay, so I, I know that situation only came up once, but I think like the the way like. I think I did change out everything, so I had to, like, redo all of my paradigms, and I was like, okay. oh, yeah. fuck this, I don't want to, I'm just gonna, I, I was pretty glad when I realized that you don't have to change them if you keep them in the same rule when you swap out monsters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's much, it's much friendlier. So, after clearing up the void, you make your way to the top of the greenhouse, which is where the source of the paradox is. And the source of the paradox is an oracle drive. As the, uh, Team approaches. Sarah hears the voice of a girl just before she activates the drive, and the recording is of Lightning and Sarah during their meeting after Ragnarok saved Cocoon, just as Sarah remembered it. But then the recording shifts to Sarah alone holding Lightning's knife. The knife was given to her by uh, the other, you know, former Lassie after being told that Lightning was dead. So you see the change in the ending from, well, the original canon ending to the you know, retconned ending at the beginning of this game. The prophecy has been changed. There's a man's voice. If you can change the future, you can change the past. A man appears and Noel recognizes him. It is Caius. A girl appears that Noel recognizes as Yule. This Yule claims that she is not the Yule that Noel knows. Caius tells him that there are many Yules. Caius tells him that he is here to Basically, bring punishment to Sarah and Noel's actions, for their for their time actions. He's the time cops. Yeah, he's a time cop. You thought the time? You thought all time cops were good? Well, you were wrong. Mm-hmm. Ah, some time cops are bad apples. Mm, I don't think I've seen a movie called Time Cop that I didn't like. <laughs> what well, is the movie was probably fine, but you know the actual cop. Mm. If Caius was the main character of those movies, would you like him? Would you like that movie? Watch Lives Matter, Matt. <laughs> you gotta uh, realize, the Time Cops were originally formed out of time slave hunting organizations. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I'm trying to follow the thread on... Okay, you know, I think I know where you're going. No, it started with a Blue Lives Matter joke about Time Cops. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I got that much. I got that far. <laughs> anyway yeah he has a line about uh protecting the sanctity of the timeline so 
yeah, and then he starts uh, starts a boss battle. Wait, uh, before we do, I need to say something about the line. The change of the future, change of past line is very stupid. It's a weird rule for time travel, too. I mean, I guess like that's just the rules of this setting, but it just seems like a really weird lore detail, a really weird uh, piece of your world building. It's backwards causality. It, it suggests something very strange about causality, right? Like, yep. Because like, the only way that would work is if, if you change something in the future, that then means that the past changes to make that be the thing that happens. Like, the causality of it is backwards of how causality normally works, and that makes it really confusing. It's a flat circle, you see. Oh, okay, so what you're saying is the entire game is just a stable time loop. I should have just definitely blown a hit from my vape pen into my microphone before I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to end up like that one ending in Corona Trigger where, like, dinosaurs rule the world? Ooh. Imagine four materia on the edge of a cliff. Okay. I'm with you so far. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, come on, commit to this bit. (laughs) It's high quality. (laughs) And then then Yuffie steals all of them, and uh, we're in a different game. (laughs) <laughs> this is now a Dissidia podcast? Oh, I was out because I thought you were going to say Final Fantasy VII, but now I'm way back in. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the Yuffie showed up and she uh, she steals your Crystarium points. Oh, that bitch. Okay, so we're, we're in the uh, boss battle with Caius. He starts the battle with the re-race status, which I guess that might matter in New Game Plus. He hits hard and fast, and like halfway through the fight, uh, I think actually after you stagger him, he buffs himself. Mm-hmm. He also eventually will like put a, a like a health regen effect on him he's not too complicated other than that but personally i had a real hard time with him i just kind of got my ass kicked he was my numbers had a hard time uh matching up with his numbers i did not know he buffed himself i started the fight in sabs and rav got my buffs and debuffs off because uh i had Noah's uh synergist because he knows all the aga shit and mm-hmm. i definitely killed him in one stagger cycle and had no idea that he buffed you can pull that off, but it's uh, you need to have like a pretty optimal setup for that. Yeah, we were like 50 Commando, 50 Ravager, and I switched over to Commando, Commando, Ravager. Because of the Zwerg Scandroid, uh, Feral Link is basically your army of one this game, where it's really mediocre if you use it before they stagger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then incredible afterward. It, it feels so good. I got a bunch of debuffs on him, got a huge chain gauge, and even after he buffed, I just dispelled him really quickly and continued to build a gauge. And in the last few moments, I switched to calm and just finished him, and that was like really quick and really satisfying. It was the first time that I'd beaten someone with a single stagger gauge. So I had to retry this fight like a lot. Uh, I spent a long time here. Because like, you, you kind of do have to, like, I couldn't kill him in one stagger gauge, but I could like almost kill him in one, and if I let myself fall behind and get like caught into like a healing loop where I couldn't really do damage, he would kind of trigger his slow regen and I uh, would just start to outpace the damage I could put out on him. And a lot of that really does come down to me being a contrarian and deciding that I'm going to build my character suboptimally because I can. And then no, not really no, that's not why that, that that's not why at all, because I did not do the thing you did and I still ran into the same problem. So I, I think it's just, if you don't have the numbers to either kill him in a single stagger or just finish him off shortly after a single stagger, then yeah, this fight gets really hard because you try to, you try to get the debuffs off yourself. You try to debuff him or get his buffs off 
Because he, he has a, a cleaving attack that does a fuck ton of damage, yeah. and especially when he's buffed. So, like, you have to really manage his aggro that way. You know, if you're not careful, you can get wiped. Yeah. I took a bunch of times, you know, to fight against him. And basically what I ended up doing was, you know, so I got him down one stagger, three quarters of his health, and then just stayed in an offense and didn't try to, to reset the uh, stagger gauge or anything like that. And I managed to just eke him out because, yeah, that regen, if you try to do the normal, like, stagger cycle again, the regen will go all the way back to full and then he's at full health and, and fucking you up. Well, good news is that this is the paradigm for every Caius fight in the game, by the way. Like, just overwhelming regeneration and you just need to be incredibly offensive. Yeah. So, like, I'm of two minds of this fight because I think it's tense and I think that it's, you know, it's a little tricky in a way. So, like, you have to be, you know, on your game. But I think it's also kind of bullshit because that regen can is very strong. Yeah, I think I think this was the point where I realized, okay, no, I, I need to be upgrading my monsters. I can't just be using level one monsters and vaguely planning to upgrade more powerful monsters I get at some point down the line. I, I like every time you fight Caius, mm. right? It's it's interesting because usually you'll have like very defensively oriented fights in like the Final Fantasy 13 series. Like, got to get my buffs, got to get my debuffs, but like Caius explicitly is like a like fighting the Vladislaw, right? You just have to power dunk him as hard as possible. Yeah. It's like uh Vicar Amelia. Yeah, you can't fall back into that like heal cycle that you usually do in like a JRPG boss. Right. And you got to hope that you don't get forced into it cuz I think that's he when he, you know, does his buff and then attack like heart and soul or something whatever it's called. You and- can turtle the fuck out of him yeah. if you know uh because Caius is also vulnerable to poison, which helps with the regeneration. Mm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. as a saboteur, you can learn a spell called wound. So you could theoretically just turtle him to death via poison and wound. So he, you just keep lowering his max HP cap. Yeah, but he would he would end up wounding you as well. So, you know, right. It's always like a but you also race. have like a 200 gil item that takes care of it. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, like, I use poison and I de- yeah. and I dispelled his buffs, and I had defensive buffs like protect and shell. So maybe that was why he wasn't so hard for me because I was smoking through it pretty good. Yeah, poison here. I think in this fight will completely negate the regeneration, but later on it just cuts into it a little. So uh, one one way or the other, by hook or by crook, you eventually kill him, or I guess you don't. And the game ends there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> when you do, you uh, get a cutscene where. He lets out a powerful attack and staggers Sarah and Noel, uh, you know, as a JRPG villain does. To change history is a sin, he says, as he's about to finish Noel. But Yule says that it's too late for this timeline. It's already been changed. Yule repeats, if you change the future, you change the past. Kaius and Yule leave, because I guess since it's too late for this timeline, they might as well just let you fuck with every other timeline, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why this keeps happening in games where it's just, you gave up the short kill... For no reason. Because uh, plot. Because plot. Uh, but yeah, yeah because there's... fucking plot time waifu said so, Matt. Get it together. Ugh. And speaking of the time waifu, uh, it's pretty obvious at this point, if you didn't know already, that Noel has uh, uh, something going on with Yule. Like there, there's some connection there that won't get explained right now, but. I'll get it to there eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> choice of words there very telling uh i'm 
I'm not really into Yule. I, I don't really find her that interesting even further into the game. She just kind of there. Yeah. yeah. No, like, yeah. What if the MacGuffin was a person? Well, yeah, she's barely a person is the thing, right? Like, you know, maybe, maybe it is like, maybe it's a point, right? Maybe it is like, there's like a plot or a thematic reason why she is so flat and like, you know, it is mm-hmm. like, you know, at the end of the game, there's like a twist, like kind of, she gets to be a person and not just like this weird robot that she is. But for now, she is just kind of like a weird robot. Like she's just kind of flat affected. She's the fucking Ray stereotype. Mm-hmm. So after our cutscene, Sarah and Noel collect an artifact, which is hilariously just floating there, and uh, speculate about what Caius wants. They find a gate, chat a little bit, and then they go in the gate. Uh, there's a live trigger here where Noel is kind of like thinking out loud about sort of like his relationship troubles and like his life and the situation he's in. And you get a, a list of dialogue choices uh, as Sarah. And one of them is just, what's that? I wasn't listening. Which is great. All, all of the <laughs> meme choices are very good. So that gate takes us to Yashas Massif in uh, 10XAF. The X in the date means that it's a different timeline. In this timeline, the sun is visible. The Falci has disappeared. So uh, you guys head to the ruins where the academy is. Another Yule appears. Noel doesn't know this one either. Uh, Yule points to Sarah and says... You and I are the same, then leaves. Yeah, that completely feels unnecessary. I don't... Ugh, it's weird. All right, I don't know where it is in this chapter. I think... Oh, it's at the beginning. So the artifact that you got comes with some lore for Mog, and it mm-hmm. reveals that his wings are... That Moogle wings in general are non-functional. They fly via an anti-gravity field <laughs> emitted by the bobble. <laughs> And also in this mm-hmm. chapter, we get a bit of lore about Mog, where Mog is Lightning's slave because he lost at rock, paper, scissors when <laughs> Lightning threw scissors three times in a row. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen that one. That's pretty. That's that's amazing. What? Mog's got fucking incredible lore in this game. He's like her per- forever slave for all of time because he's dumb. <laughs> like, what is the percentage on on that? The chance of uh, losing three times in a row like that. That's pretty high for slave for all time. You know what I mean? It's like twelve point five percent. That's like not insignificant. Wow. Uh, so of all the stands, I didn't think that would be lightnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But I mean, speaking of Mog, like, you know, this whole using Mog to unveil things from different timelines and, you know, later on, we'll get another use for him. But I find it, it just takes a long time. Like the animations take a while in a way that I find kind of frustrating because there's just a time tax to using, you know, Mog's reveal skill that I wish were a little snappier. Because you do it a lot. Yeah, and it's a little bit like, it feels a little bit like busy work. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, because like, yeah, the stuff's just there. Like, you know, you, you can, you can even see it. It doesn't really do anything except like, you know, you have to be mildly attentive and press a button to find treasure sometimes. Yeah, and uh, interestingly enough, like sort of an interface issue, when you do pick up an item, the, there's like that item overlay saying, you got this, and you can't mash through it with like the X button. You have to wait till the animation stops, and it means you can't go into your menu while it's up. It's just kind of a little clunky. I know why they put it in, because they didn't want you to be like throwing Mog around and like, 
Well, I mean, being able, later well, on, they you want get... a reason for you not to throw Mog around, I guess. Always throw Mog. I mean, always throw Mog, and uh, give give yourself the skill that uh, means that he always gives you back one gill every time you throw him if you don't get it. <laughs> or anything. fucking dope fashion accessories. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I think probably ultimately the goal is just to, like, have him do a thing. Like, you know, if, if you didn't have this, then Mog would probably feel a little bit extraneous. Uh, Especially before you get Mog Toss in the next chapter, well, the next part of the chapter, I guess. So you know, I, I, like I, I, I mm-hmm. guess I understand just from a perspective, like, well, we want to have the sidekick character, and it's got to do something, right? It can't just be your sword, can it? Well, originally it was just going to be your one companion. Like Noel was written in so that it wasn't just Sarah and Mog chatting at each other all the time. Oh my god! Imagine the version of the game where you just have to listen to fucking Mog talk <laughs> all the time. Just yeah, every yeah. time you're in a cutscene, imagine all of Noel's lines being read by fucking Mog. Oh my god. I mean, the script would be like probably 20% longer just by adding Koopo to every sentence. Noel, Noel says. Mog looks dead in the camera <laughs> and says in Mog's voice, to change the future is to change the past, Koopo. <laughs> exactly. This isn't the Yule I knew, Koopo. Ex- yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, pretty bad. Insufferable. Be insufferable. Sarah and Noel, they, we, we go back to the Padra ruins. Uh, you check out the Oracle Drive there with Hope and Alyssa. And they're waiting for them to show up. And uh, I believe in this timeline, they have had not met previously. So they cut it in the game, but like they reintroduce themselves and go through the whole rigmarole again because the timeline changed. And after the explanation, Hope and Alyssa, they uh, believe everything they say. And then they kind of decide to move forward from there. I think there's some kind of hand wavy line in there about like, you know, oh, I, I I feel like I should trust them. I don't know why, but I feel like they're telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and then once you kind of wrap up that conversation, like the cutscene keeps going, but there's a real weird arbitrary fade to black. Like it's not like they fade to black to cut out the introductions or anything. They just fade to black to transition to this next part of the scene five seconds later. And they do that every now and then in this game. And it, never makes sense to me it's always like a really weird uh just like editing choice yeah maybe it's just they couldn't load the whole cutscene at once mm. and so they faded to load the next one i don't i don't know yeah that's possible mm. yeah all that they have too much ram occupied by permanently keeping the opening cutscene in memory <laughs> <laughs> yep okay once again hope shows the oracle drive it's the same recording as before Lightning fighting Caius in Valhalla, 
but the picture is much clearer. Images and the recording shift to cocoon falling. Yep, now it's in 1080p. <laughs> I don't know what it is about like the effect that they use to like display these uh, uh, prophecies and stuff that when they crop up, but like even though this is like you know oh the the legible like the the complete not busted version, it's still like kind of incomprehensible and hard to see anything that's happening in this image. Is it like that for uh, you guys, Bat and Graham? Um, no, it seems fine to me. No, no, actually. Okay, so it's probably, like, I'm sure you noticed that the rain looked super weird. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there, there's There's a... the transparency effect problem with the PC mm, version. Okay. Is yeah, probably like, what I, that I also, is. In Chapter 2 in the PC version, did, did you get, like, there's, like, a scene where they, like, after you get out of jail, like, you step outside and it, there's, like, lightning happening. Uh-huh. And, like, everything just goes black. Did that happen to you, too? Hell yeah. Yeah, okay, so maybe it is just the PC version being... Right. Don't uh, play yeah. this game on PC. <laughs> or do play it on PC. It can look like shit, or it can take forever to load into a new timeline. Yeah, yeah, it's one or the other. Pick your poison. Yeah. By the way, that rain filter, because uh, I didn't get to talk about it, uh, that's real obnoxious, the way it just sticks to your camera screen. Like, they didn't need to do that. It's cinematic, you see. Ugh, fine, whatever. So uh, you you get this new version of the prophecy, and, and you know there's kind of some pontificating about like what, what is this? Has the prophecy been changed? Hope believes that the prophecy hasn't been rewritten, but rather has been reverted to what it once was. How? And Can so the tell? characters are kind of thinking about what does it mean? Does this mean that Cocoon is going to fall in a couple centuries? Noel lives in a future where Cocoon did fall, so Sarah wants to change Cocoon's fate and prevent that future. Hope says that he wants to help, and you know the sort of the, the plan they settle on is that. Hope and Alyssa are going to kind of stay here in, in the current timeline and work to prevent that future while Sarah is going to hop ahead in time to when it happens and hopefully with kind of this uh, through the time screen like pre-preparation that Hope has done be able to prevent it from happening. Sarah has a, if I recall correctly what happens is she has like a flashback vision or something and she hears the words of once again... If you change the future, you change the past. Uh, yeah, flashback vision is probably the best way to put it, because I think she's just remembering something really intensely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're treated to our chill to step from the Final Fantasy XIII soundtrack, and despite all that time I spent on the our chill to step on the first game, I'm still not sick of it. It's such a good theme. You spent so much time there. It's a good track. So we do the ruins. We get to the top of the ruins and we discover an artifact and we bring it to a time gate. I remember having to look for this thing a bunch. I don't remember why I couldn't find it at first, though. Because I think I think you just have to, like, find it with Mog, right? It's just kind of like behind a crate and you have to Mog reveal it. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like it's that. up on top uh, of, like, the platforms. Yeah. I think there's, like, a waypoint, but the waypoint points to, like, a slightly different area from where it actually is, and I didn't think to look yeah. far enough away to where it actually was at first. It's the Z-axis indicator problem. Yeah. As Sarah and Noel leave, Caius and Yule watch from afar. Then Yule collapses dead. Caius asks himself, how many times must he experience the same... I, I don't know if I want to use such... <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's a good turn of phrase, but it just kind of reads funny when I'm trying. When he's saying it for himself, it sounds fine. When I'm saying it for him, it sounds weird. You're not saying it with enough gravity. 
Caius asked himself, how many times must I experience such? Yeah, there you That's go. better. So we return to the Historia Crux, and the interface is glitching out. Um, it's all in black and white and grainy, and the music is warping, and there are only two nodes. And so we go to one of the two nodes. Now we enter a mysterious place. Sarah, they, <clears throat> Sarah and Noel enter a dark, gloomy place. Could it be Valhalla? Mog tells them it's the void beyond. They decide to have a break. Yeah, it's like labeled like question mark, question mark, question mark, AF. So it's like mysterious as fuck is how I'm going to read that. That's the only time that like jokes worked for me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> the other node you can go to is just like, I think it's just called like locked gate. And you go there and they say, I guess it's locked. We shouldn't be here. Let's go. Yep. It looks kind of like a castle-y kind of carnival like thing. But we'll come back here at another point. So... You go to uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, and you're just in kind of a, a washed out, grayed out, grayscale ruin. And Sarah and Noel kind of have a conversation, and uh, Sarah realizes that finding lightning is not going to be easy. Noel tells him a legend about the goddess Etro, something hunters used to tell each other to lift their spirits. What he tells her is, uh, never give up, for the goddess Etro watches always, and she helps those who help themselves. That's not really a legend, but I think they like make that joke in the game like yeah sarah actually calls it out (laughs) it's the legend that really just means do it yourself fucko (laughs) and then they fucking they settle on a joint delusion where every gate brings them closer to lightning despite them being in an alternate timeline and her being at the end of the true timeline they're really just fucking like prat falling through time hoping Mm -hmm. it works out yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the story they have to tell themselves in order to get through. And fine. Okay. Whatever. Fucking who cares? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. weird. But Noel might not be the best character, but he's rather likable. Really? Not like, he's okay. Is he? Yeah, no, Noel's okay. He, he's Noel's just fine. like, yeah, he's he's fine. Like, he seems like an okay guy. I don't know. He, he, he's like got a sense of humor and he... He's just like Snow, though. He's just like Snow 2.0. Well, that's what the entire next chapter, well, the next part of the chapter is about, though. I don't think he's that much like Snow, really. I just just think he's he's a little cocky, but, like, he's definitely not as self-serious all the time. Yeah, he's not like... Or just like... He doesn't really have the same hero complex that Snow does. Again, we'll we'll get there. Yes. And he's a little, like... I think he does have more of a sense of humor than Snow does. Uh, mm. I think he is, like, a little more self-effacing and kind of more down-to-earth than Snow is. Well, after the there's nowhere to go but the distortion from whence they came, and that is the end of the area. It was incredible. Yeah, it's it's a real weird, like, when this happened, I was very confused because, like, you can go to a small room where there's nothing to do but leave, or you can go to a different small room where there's nothing to do but leave. It's basically the Final Fantasy XIII 2's equivalent of, like, the Wii popping up and saying, maybe it's time to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Like the screen that Nintendo used to pop up, like, for Wii games. <laughs> yeah, make sure yeah. you get up and go outside, you even. Well, <laughs> how, did char- how did character development go for everybody this episode, now that we're at the end of this episode? I leveled Sarah up as a saboteur and Noel as a synergist. And each of them got an ATB. I am in a desperate need of a medic 
because my Catsith Medic monster is not very good. My monster roster didn't change that much because I had very little upgrading components and couldn't switch in monsters with a equal or greater power. Yeah, I um I maxed out Ravager with Sarah ability wise, picked up Saboteur, maxed out Commando with Null, picked up Synergist, uh grab Medic for Null also, and got the Rav- Ravager boost for Sarah. Gotta get that medic for Noel. He learns all the AoE heals, which is what makes Kate Sith such a bad healer. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, having spoken to you guys earlier, I this is when I like transitioned to using the better setup, which is like I got a fourth ATB gauge at the end of this chapter, and it was great. But before that, I had um, Sarah mostly doing Ravager stuff, Noel mostly doing Calm stuff. I, I unlocked the bonuses, the first level bonuses for both uh, those classes respectively. And by the end of this, I had switched out one of my paradigm people for uh, the the Sentinel robot. I forget which one that is. The uh, pulse work. Pulse work. Yeah, the pulse work soldier. That's been a very good setup that's been carrying me for a while now. At some point, I switched out the Scandroid for a Garkheim Masera because the Garkheim Masera just has bigger numbers. It just gets a lot more magic points. Um, It will cap out. A lot sooner, yeah. so keep updating, upgrading the uh, Scandroid. That's what well-grown means, is that they have a max level yeah. of 99 instead of 50. Right, yeah. So like, I, I saw that like in the, for endgame, it's not great. But for now, like he's carrying me. He's doing so much damage uh, with uh, Fireaga. So far, so good, but I'm keeping an eye out for, uh, for the replacement. I didn't take very detailed notes about what exactly I was doing uh, character progression-wise at this point. I know, like I said before, I was doing... Uh, Commander with Sarah and Ravager with Noel. Like, like, literally, I just, I looked at it and I said, they want me to do this the other way, but, like, I kind of want to make Sarah the physical attacker, so fuck it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to do that. And don't do that, because it's not, they don't, that's not what the characters are built for. They don't really lend themselves to that. A development system is weird, because the way it winds up working is that your choices are very important early on, and then matter much less later on as you start to average out with all the other possible choices you could have made. Like an Elder Scrolls game. Yep. But yeah, I know at this point I was, uh, I think at this point you start finding like some two monster face creatures, and so I was kind of swapping out some of my, uh, kind of starter monsters with, with newer stuff, uh. I like that they use the uh, Game Pro material quality rating scale. <laughs> I think I still had the Kate Sith at this point, because that's the only medic monster you get for a little while. Yep. yep. And then... Until so you can get a Flanitor. You get a Flanitor, it's pretty height. Oh, yes. Where do you get a Flanitor? Yeah. I think it's... Augusta Tower 300? I think it's either 300 or 500. Yeah. No, it's... Three, because oh. five is mostly non-combat until you go to three. There's a lot of good monsters in three. Yeah, you can get into a lot of fights in five, but... Or am I thinking uh, the one in episode five, you, you can run into Flanators, but they're not as yeah, common. Yeah. And I can't remember what exactly I was using for uh, Commander on Ravager at this point. I know, I, I remember the stuff I was using for the next section, because that's when you get a Chocobo, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Honestly, I just like grabbed whatever monster had the highest strength and the highest magic. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, Square Enix definitely dropped the ball because I went looking for a Flanander figurine and I did not <laughs> find one, and I am very disappointed. Oh my god, I want one so badly. Yeah, Flanander Funko Pop. No, not a Funko Pop. Those are the worst. Every time you walk by it, it makes the uh, fucking noise. 
wrapping it up, do we have any closing thoughts on the first half of episode three here? I do not. I don't have much to say about it. I think that this first part of chapter three is not very interesting. I disagree. I think like, well, because you got the introduction of hope and you get the idea that like you can run into the same people in multiple timelines. And I mean, that doesn't really add up to a whole lot. But, you know, the Caius fight, I think, is a solid fight. It's got Uh, good fucking music. It's got great fucking like, yeah, really good music. And so uh, hype. Yeah, the only thing is uh, like that behemoth section just doesn't work as well as I think it's trying to. Um, it, but other than that, this is a solid setup going into uh, the second half. And and like we, we didn't mention this, but like this episode is explicitly cut into two parts. Like it's called part one and part two in the game. Well, we weren't sure it was going to be, but now it's been an hour and 22 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, and, and that definitely, like, my thing with this episode is that, like, uh, we, we had a, uh, a miscommunication about recording, and I thought that I... Yeah, why am I in charge of all the scheduling? I'm really bad at that shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, long story short, though, I, I, I thought I had to play through Chapter 2 for two weeks ago, and then I found out that I had to play through all of Chapter 3, but not that I wasn't recording until now. I thought I saw it record two weeks ago. So I kind of did all of Chapter 3 in this, like weird sprint of like oh this is going on along i yeah it was, a, like real a, chapter, of, it was a real yeah. chapter nine type situation yeah and uh <laughs> i i partly did that to myself in a lot of ways but yeah it, it was a very like uh it, it's weird for me to judge these because uh, uh i put myself in that uh kind of awkward situation of having to mainline it and being mm-hmm. like this is a lot how much how much more can this wow yeah the uh <laughs> You look at the uh, the flow chart of like places you gotta go just for for chapter three, and it's pretty. It, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's but, a lot, of, and and a lot of them wind up not being that long, especially if you are like me, past the point and start looking at side quests and going, I don't immediately know how to do this, so I guess I will leave it. All right, so you can get in touch with us via Twitter or Facebook at Light X Thrice. Uh, guys, do you got anything to? Well, guys and gals, you got things to plug. You can listen to my other podcast on the network, Magma Sucks, where we're stack ranking Pokemon based on how interesting they are. Do you guys have any plugs? Nothing for me right now. Uh, there's a couple things in the works. Um, are we going to start Matsploitation? We might start Matsploitation. I was thinking uh, I might be on a uh, Persona 4 podcast in the Ugh. near future, as well as possibly new podcasts for the network. Oh, yeah. What's that called again? I forget. Actually called the dapper dorks it's uh basically a fashion and lifestyle thing but with a you know a little bit of a geek angle uh i don't think i'm going to be a regular host at this point but uh we have a, a friend of ours from the duck feed slack corbin green who's going to uh be heading up that project and hopefully uh that'll be up by the time we uh, release this episode i'll have to get on that just to horrify him with these this pair of gym shorts that i'm wearing that are like eight years old the elastic doesn't work and they have like 14 different cigarette holes in them like (laughs) what if you could wear gray colored swiss cheese (laughs) yeah but we're also talking about uh, a a slack channel (laughs) where one of the two hosts like wears black t-shirts and black jeans as like all day every day so that's all i have that's all i have i have i have I have 20 identical plain black t-shirts oh fucking god. repping that Gildan life. Oh my god. They're not even good. They're the fucking Gildan like 10 for $25. Guys, we can see color for a reason. Use it. 
they eventually tear in the armpit, and that's when you throw them away and order a new pack. Oh my god. See, this is why we need this podcast, because people need to be told how to dress, especially hey, nerds. Hey, hey, which <laughs> one of us is married? Uh, me. Fuck you, I'm married too, okay? <laughs> Damn it! I thought you were engaged! Fuck! No, I've been married I two years now, just hit second anniversary last week. Well, you can give up now! <laughs> Wait, wait, do you think I haven't? <laughs> I'm still working towards the future where I can wear nothing but band shirts and mini skirts all day, so. You too? Do it. Probably yeah. not for me. <laughs> yes. You can still do a uh, decent so style. Plugs. You know? It doesn't. Anyway. Plugs. Yeah, me, uh, I have some writing. Uh, I have a, a Tumblr at uh, writesautumn.tumblr.com where I kind of keep all of my writing if you want to read that. Uh, I hopefully will have some more stuff up in a little bit. It's been a while since I. Like actually finished and posted anything, but I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, to plug uh, my thing, I'm still doing that. Let's play a Final Fantasy VII new threat a gameplay mod, and it's going pretty good. I think I'm at. I just got the submarine, and now I am exploring the seafloor of Final Fantasy VII. I also did that. Video on my playthrough of La Milana, clocking in at 260 hours. In the future, I think I'm also going to do like videos like that. I'm going to do more videos like that. I haven't found a subject yet, but stay tuned because sooner or later I should have another video for people to watch and enjoy. Oh man, speaking of videos, I want to plug that fucking Heavy Rain video. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm watching it again. It's so good. Uh, I haven't checked it out yet. I, I I never played Heavy Rain, and I don't. Really oh my god! You got to watch this fucking grab, video. It's incredible. Grab, watch it. It's it's amazing. Okay, I'll watch, watch it after the, I fit, after I read the next sentence. Drop it. Drop it in the. I want to record. Grab watching this video. Okay. Oh, have you seen this video? Probably not. It's the chase. Oh my god! It's one. amazing. It's so okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's amazing. That's all until next time when we'll be talking about the Sunleth Waterscape Saga. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.